if you want another rally class car piloted by Dan Fouquet in the silly seat, Jordan Mello, 2002 Subaru Impreza 2.5 RS. The Mount Washington Auto Road welcomes you to the heart of the White Mountains, where you're about to embark on an adventure to the highest peak in the Northeast. This is the birthplace of legends, and you'll be following a path that leads through time and winds its way through woods and weather extremes. Your driving time to the top will be approximately... 8 minutes, 55 seconds. All right. Uh, welcome back to Auto Off Topic. Our guests tonight are Dan Faquette and returning guest Jordan Mellum. Longtime listeners will remember Jordan... He talked to us about driving to Colorado for uh, off-roading. And when him and Liz competed in the uh, Iron Oxide Golf GTI uh, Nefer for the first time in uh, 2017. And I should have looked up those episode numbers, and I totally didn't. Um, so, uh, yeah, despite what Jordan shows, he's... Uh, Put it in the show notes, buddy. Yeah, he's actually an experienced co-driver. And as always, joining me is uh, Brad. What's up, Andrew and Dan and Jordan? And everybody? Yeah, how is everybody? It's a lovely night to talk about uh, cars and racing and uh, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, first time po- on the Positivity. Show. Positivity right out the gate. I like it, Dan. I like it. Hey, we're only yeah. uh, we're like a week past Climb to the Clouds. So um, I Three we weeks put- past New England yes. Forest Rally? Yeah, so we figured it's a good time to talk about this stuff. It, it literally already feels like that was last year. Yeah, I got confused this weekend of how many weekends ago Mount Washington was. It's just you know <laughs> so crazy going on. I feel like July this year felt really long. I don't know if it was was there five weeks in July or something. It, it just felt super long. Probably because it rained every day. No, this year is the uh, year that July had forty five days. Okay, so okay. you're good. It's like a leap year, but extra kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And we it's just dra- did in July. Yeah. It's a nap year, not a leap year. Yeah, it's, it's fine. You know what I'm right? I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so, so I could explain the joke. Go ahead. Yes. Move on. <laughs> well, we all know. Uh, I mean, it was one I was to talk about it real quick. We all know. We talked about it last episode that Travis Pastrana like destroyed his own record, but there was other people racing there too at the same time. Believe it or not, I don't believe it because I believe it wasn't the same time, Andrew. I believe it was all. One at a time. It was one at a time, but there were other people there. It didn't seem like it because you only saw the video of just Travis Pastrana, but it wasn't just yeah. a... Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that in this episode, but unfortunately, one of the issues with you know, coverage of any of these events is that so much coverage is afforded to the biggest name and the top star and the fastest car that you know the general public doesn't even know about You know these guys that are spending their own hard-earned money like Dan and Jordan just to go up and have fun and set their own times. So that's part of the reason that we like to have, you know, the, the local competitors on and talk. Um, it's not just because Travis won't come on. It's because we actually want to talk to Jordan and Dan. So get them some, a little more exposure, you know? I mean, the whole thing is like a Subaru PR event, which is yeah. cool. It's really a, it, a like commercial we that we just get invited to. Uh, yeah. While we're shooting this commercial, you guys want to come too? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As a technicality I mean, to call it an event, we have to invite other people. So, do you guys want to come? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah good call. <laughs> Joking aside, Subaru's been pretty good, and uh, in the rally program, they have a contingency for Subaru drivers, so I've saved a bit of money over the years uh, through them, so... I I, I, I make nice. jokes, but <laughs> Jordan doesn't get that from Volvo, that's for sure. Or Volkswagen. Or any of the companies that don't get supported anymore because motorsports seem so unimportant to most manufacturers nowadays. We got like $10 off of tires, and that was I was pretty stoked about that, so I'll take that. That was through the tire manufacturer, I mean, I, correct? Uh, it was, was through, through uh, the local tire reseller. Oh, okay. Hey. I think a dollar, uh, a dollar, right? Like, like Nonak and TJ and company, they're uh, placing and getting tires from Hoosier, though. So Hoosier's got a pretty good ting- contingency program these days. Yeah, that seems nice. That's excellent. They don't make 14-inch tires, though, so we've never been able to really mess with them. Yeah. Time I mean, the we, we joke, but we, <laughs> we do like Subaru because at least they participate. Unlike yeah, our, that's that's what I'm saying. Like company it's, that doesn't do anything. It's 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 awesome that Subaru is still so involved in American Rally because all of the other companies see American Rally kind of as a, a pariah for their money. They don't they don't want to put any money into it because they're not going to get any money out of it. But Subaru's whole thing is selling all wheel drive cars to people to do all wheel drive car things. So it, it just makes sense. But yeah, so you guys good. wanted crossovers, right? Because we get crossovers. That's everybody else. I feel like Hyundai could do some cool stuff with ARA with like the new IN or whatever it's called, the little hatchback. They they probably yeah. could, and they they have a history in the U.S. of doing rally. Yeah, with Mitsubishi parts. Hey, that's, <laughs> that's how they got their start. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I just think that it's it's. It, it would obviously be awesome to see other manufacturers get involved, but they won't get involved until there's more exposure. But the catch 22 there is there won't be more exposure until they're involved. So well, it's, it's kind of a, you're, you're not, you're not going to win that. You know, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of NASCAR fans every weekend that go watch Chevy's and Ford's and Toyota's race. And we're just not going to get that kind of exposure in rally in America, unless there's some big sweeping changes, but. I was I excited that Yokohama was a big so. sponsor. So, yeah. Because, you know, we like like Yokohama tires here. So, really, I'm really yeah. pushing hard for that Yokohama sponsorship of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all right. So, how do you want to start this thing today, Andrew? We got some questions we're going to ask Dan and Jordan. We got uh, have some things yeah. you want to get into before that, or just jump right into it. Oh, we're just going to jump right into it. I like I like getting right to our guests. Um, so. We already know a lot of uh, Jordan's history, and I'll have to go back and I'll look up those episodes. But we haven't had Dan on the show yet, so I thought we could Dan could give us like a quick motorsport history, how he got into it, and how you got to <coughs> driving up Mount Washington. Well, it's a roundabout story, uh, so uh, get cozy, get your blankets, get your cocoa, because uh, we got some history to go into. Um, so... Obviously, race Mount Washington this weekend. I've been a competitor uh, in the rally community since, I believe, 2013 and um, volunteered before that years ago. Um, And I run, uh, you know, obviously Subaru we talked about. Um, It's a 2002 Impreza RS. Um, So while I converted it to a stage rally car in, you know, the early, you know, 20 teens, uh, it's actually my first car. 
Um, I had it since like 04 and started out in autocross. Autocross is uh, basically a parking lot with cones, for those who don't know. And you race around the cones and you get a time. And you get, what, six to eight runs a day. You can, you know, do your time. So I started that when I was in high school with the same car. You know, my dad said, get your ATV helmet. We're going to do this. I believe it was like the Portland Main Mall or like the Wyndham Mall was one of my first events. Um, so started out as Tarmac, drove the car to high school. Um, you know, no big deal. Went off to college. And, you know, in the summer, I'd come, when coming home and working, I'd hit the autocross as I could. Um, you know, still know a lot of great people from the autocross community who are, you know, in the rally community and the other, this, that, and the other thing. Um, it, but in college, uh, you know, got on the Subaru message boards, you know, the Subaru community was real, real, uh, you know, in the late, you know, early 2000s, Subaru community was all over the place, you know, the WRX, this, that, and the other thing. Um, so, you know, got involved with some local guys where I was going to college and they're like, Hey, come to this rally cross event. Oh, you should get a skid plate for your car. Oh, let's, you know, let's just take a drive down some of the logging roads up here and, you know, get out in nature. And, you know, one thing led to another and I'm ordering a skid plate and, you know, bombing down some dirt roads in my Subaru and, you know, then, okay, hey, come work, uh, you know, the Team O'Neill rally. And I go down for that and work timing. And then the New England Forest rally based out of Sunday River uh, is my home event. And that's a two-day rally. I started volunteering for that. Ended up, uh, you know, being a spectator marshal and then doing timing. Realized I wasn't really into doing timing. And I said, you know, to some friends, hey, next year I'm going to run this event. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Over the winter, I sent my car out for a cage. In February, get the car back, and we're putting the seats in and doing some wiring with a little space heater. And, you know, uh, and in 2013, we did our first New England Forest Rally. Um, you know, two-day rally. So I went from having no experience at all to jumping into this big, expensive two-day event, whereas, you know, regionally we have uh, – you know, kind of a feeder series now where we have cheaper one-day events called rally sprints and, uh, you know, rally cross, you know, which is you can use your street car. And I skipped all that and I just went all in. Um, so that's like the quick and dirty on my motorsports background. If you guys want to uh, prompt me to elaborate further, I'm happy to uh, do that. So prior to getting into motorsports, did you have an interest in cars that was a, it came from anywhere, family or just yourself, or was it just kind of you had a Subaru and you learned Subaru things and you got into racing through Subarus? Yes, but also no is the best way to answer that. Um, so I'm kind of weird where I don't care about things if I can't do them. So like I don't follow the WRC because I can't participate in the WRC. It's not feasible. I don't care about NASCAR. I'll never participate in NASCAR. Um, but you know, oh. I got my first car and autocross. I could do it. All right. This is cool. I'm interested in it. Hey, I could cage my car and go rallying. Like, okay, this is feasible. All right. And I'm interested in it. So that's kind of a roundabout answer. And then, um, while I never really was into motorsports growing up, um, I grew up actually playing in the woods on ATVs. So me and my childhood friend, we'd spend hours just bombing through the woods on ATVs. So, 
a lot of those skills of, you know, weight transfer and, you know, reading the tree line and, you know, suspension compression really carried over when I started driving on dirt. So that's kind of how I got there in a roundabout way. That's cool. So playing in the dirt definitely translates pretty easily to driving a Subaru on dirt. So I can see that. That almost seems like kind of a uh, almost typical New England teenager story. Like didn't really get into it until they bought a Subaru because they're in New England and then realized there's all this cool stuff to do with it. So Right. And I, I had wanted, you know, you know, older muscle cars and stuff. And my folks were like, no, you need something with all wheel drive. Like that was their requirement. So I was looking for like BMW IXs and I'd actually uh, on the way to visiting a high school girlfriend, uh, stopped at the local Subaru dealership before I'd gotten my RS. And, you know, we test drive a base Impreza with an auto and I'm like, this is kind of slow. I'm not into it. And they're like, oh, we've got something else for you to test drive. Of course, it was a 2002 WRX and World Rally Blue hatchback five speed. And they're like, oh, we just need to photocopy your driver's license. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm like, you know, 16 or whatever. And so I'm ripping down Route 1 at like 80 in this WRX. And I go home to my folks. And I'm like, yeah, I want a WRX. And they're like, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> so I ended up with a base model RS, which I still have gotten into plenty of trouble with. Um, and surprisingly, uh, my, one of my street cars is a 2002 WRX hatchback that I got. So I got to have, you know, the race car and the kind of the one that got away as well. And it was also our rolling spares package for Mount Washington. Should we need anything? Um, I, I do like how your parents pushed you into Subaru to keep you safe. And now and you're just completely going <laughs> race, to race Mount Washington. <laughs> you're like, not Mount racing the car. anyway. fine. <laughs> You want me to be yeah. safe? I'll do unsafe things in a safe car. It's cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you, <laughs> Mom and Dad. <laughs> Which awesome. is funny because funny both my folks were at Mount Washington, and my mother had never come to a uh, a race event. Uh, you know, never been to a rally, nothing like that. But it's like, how often am I going to do Mount Washington? So she showed up and was like losing her mind, you know, watching the timing board. And any time there'd be a delay, she's like, oh, no, he's gone off. Like, <laughs> Meanwhile, you're standing next to her going, like, not mom. Cool. It's fine. I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. That's excellent. That's that's a that's a neat background to get into it because, you know, it's because Andrew and I and, and Jordan also, I think, has a similar story. We're like, we grew up kind of liking cars and then kind of found our way to this kind of similarly, like looking for, you know, daily drivers in New England. You're not going to wind up with you know, the muscle car or the Porsche that you wanted. And... Right. And I grew up with a Porsche poster on the wall playing yeah. need for speed Porsche unleashed. Well, yeah. those cost money and they suck in new England in the winter. So, right. Yeah, no good. So how, how do you go from rally driving to Mount climb, uh, Mount Washington hill climbing? Like was, was, was there a, was there a goal to do this? It just kind of come up. What was the, so Mount Washington is what every three or four years since it was resurrected uh, about a Roughly. decade ago. Yeah, scheduled and, for three, but in the yeah in the yeah the, obviously the, in um, the timeline we're on right now it was four. Right. So I had kind of wanted to do it anyway. Um, so when the entry dropped, and for those who don't know, it's not like the New England Forest Rally or Rally Event or the Vermont Hill Climb Association where you just go on motorsports.reg and you enter an event. 
Mount Washington is not like that. You uh, you basically submit a resume and cover letter and pictures. Oh, it's a I think it's the oldest hill climb or the oldest motorsports event in the U.S. Um, and you're basically like sending in your resume and applying, and a committee is making decisions. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I probably won't get in because you know I haven't done a lot of hill climbs despite a decade of rally. The rally class is pretty saturated. It's another Subaru on the entry list. But you know what? I'm going to toss my hat into the ring. And if I get in, you know, maybe I'll turbo swap the car, whatever. Um, <clears throat> and so I just, you know, tossed my entry in and, uh, you know, sat on it for two years. So you did. So, so you did. You entered it two years ago, like when it. So after the after like seventeen or or when they open it up, right? So I believe, I believe, I believe twenty uh, or yeah, twenty nineteen. I believe Reg opened, and it was supposed to be twenty twenty, but due to current affairs, it was pushed back a year. Um, and so my entry was kind of just chilling, and um, again due to current affairs, uh, the Canadian border was closed. And uh, so a lot of people in Canada still had their entries in. And with the border closure being kind of up in the air, um, people still, the Canadians still left their entries in. So it's getting to be a few weeks before the event. And uh, all the Canadians with the new news pulled their entries. So a bunch of U.S. guys rocketed up on the entry list, me, myself being one of them. So... uh, what was it? I believe three weeks before the event, um, Jordan and I are heading up north to go for, I believe, three nights camp on an island and go fishing all weekend. So we meet at this park and ride and, you know, I checked my email and it's like, are you ready to run Mount Washington? I'm like, I call the guy, the organizer, Howard, and I'm like, I'm about to be on an island on vacation for a weekend. Can I have the weekend to like talk to my folks and, you know, see what, see what we can throw together. I'll be like, I'll give you a a yes or no Monday, Tuesday. And, uh, was super cool about it. So first person I see after, you know, saying, Hey, you want to, you're in for Washington. If you want it, Jordan pulls in, you know, we've got our boats on our, the roofs of our, our trucks. And, uh, you know, I'm, we're getting ready for vacation. I'm like, Hey, Jordan, uh, I'm going to do Mount Washington and, uh, Jordan, you know, right away jumped in and, you know, accepted, Hey, you need a co-driver. I'm in. So like, all right, driving up to the, you know, an extra hour to the lake, you know, you got the, all your, your beers in the coolers, you're ready for a relaxing weekend. And all that's on my mind is, okay, I got to get tires. My belts are expired. We've got. I've got a navigator. Uh, what are we going to do for lodging? What are we going to do this, that, and the other thing? And uh, so we end up talking the weekend, and most of the people camping with us ended up being our team for the weekend. You know, my lead service guy, you know, my friend Ryan, who him and his dad took care of a lot of logistics and lodging. Um, so we're, we're around a campfire, and Mount Washington comes up, and, you know, the team kind of says, all right, we're doing it. So, um, you know, I started ordering bits and bobs, all the things needed, tires. Uh, the next weekend was the New England Forest Rally, though. 
So Jordan um, was co-driving for Liz. We all stay in the same house. And because uh, some ARA rules I was kind of waiting, wait and seeing on, um, I chose to run sweep this year. Um, so I rolled with the sweep guys, uh, learned a lot, was really cool and an experience. But that weekend was kind of a wash as well. So we had one weekend after the forest rally to really, you know, have some shop days, prep the car, uh, come to find out the first set of belts I ordered wouldn't work for how my car was built. So I had to summit racing, got a, uh, air freight order for me for a second set of belts. They came in the mail, you know, get all that together. And, you know, we head up to Mount Washington, um, and, you know, that's really the short of how I was invited, the process, and how we got there. So literally like a week. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was almost lucky your car was ready to go. Like, you didn't need to do anything. Like, that turbo swap you envisioned in your head, obviously, you didn't have time for. But you're like, cool, I can, I can do this thing. <laughs> yeah, no. We could have done it. We could have done it, but it wouldn't, you know, you don't want to do teething issues at an event, you know, uh, you know, Jordan and I over the weekend concluded that, you know, my car is like a, a dirty AK 47. Um, you know, you drop it in the mud and throw it in the corner and you pick it up two weeks later and start firing. It, it may not be the most accurate. It may not be, you know, the best or prettiest, but you know, it, it works kind of a thing. And so, you know, yeah, I had to do an O2 sensor and, um, I blew up a coil over at the New England Forest Rally in 2019. So I took the front shocks off my street car and moved them to the rally car because, uh, you know, those are still aftermarket nice stuff. So kind of, uh, you know, Rob Peter to pay Paul, you know, what do we got? What do we got to, you know, on hand to make this work? And then, you know, what can I order? You know, I did get a set of brand new uh, 200 treadwear tires, which... Um, coincidentally, back when I used to autocross, I ran Bridgestone RE01Rs. And so I'm like, you know, we're not going to be super competitive because the rally class is stacked. This is last minute. It's Jordan's first event co-driving for me. Jordan's writing notes for the first time. Um, you know, we got a lot of factors. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to order the latest Bridgestone 200 treadwear tires. Because I'm basically putting this car back to my autocross spec from when I was in high school. So getting to, you know, be on the same Bridgestones yet, you know, 15 years later was super cool and mind-blowing how much those tires have come along. So yeah, tire technology in general has gone crazy. So definitely. And they were good back when I was autocrossing in 04. Like... But engine-wise, that's just a stock 2.5RS? So this is what baffles everyone's mind. It's a stock 2.5RS, and it's the original motor of the car. That's impressive. And for those who don't know, Subarus love blowing the motors up. And, you know, my teammate TJ is on his, like, third, fourth, fifth engine to the point where at one event, he at New England Forest Rally blew his motor and in the service park was changed out in 45 minutes. Like it's pretty common for someone to lose a super motor at a rally. You know, at Mount Washington, we had a full motor in the back of my daily driver WX because you know what? You got to bring them. But uh, surprisingly, I've kept that same stock motor alive. 
um, since 04 and almost a decade of rally and now Mount Washington um, to the point where um, when I was in college, you know, Subarus, ha ha ha, the head gasket joke um, in college, it started to, you know, lose the head gasket and, you know, creep up at stoplights temp wise. And I wasn't working on my own stuff until I graduated college. Um, so we sent it to the local dealer and uh, they only did one side. <laughs> I didn't know. So, so one of the head gaskets is original. I haven't pulled the motor. to. D- That's definitely impressive. It's, it's, you know, the, you know, angels in the outfield kind of story of Subaru <laughs> motors. Um, the only other time I've had it out was uh, I pulled the motor twice to chase a pretty bad oil leak. Um, we pull the motor out, you know, we do the rear main seal, check a bunch of things, throw it back in, still hemorrhaging oil. Um, turns out I popped a spot weld on the oil pan for the baffling. So all I did was an STI pan, an STI pickup, and a uh, Killer B windage tray. That's it. That's probably why it survived, because you kept maintaining it. Yeah. Um, I am a big proponent of early and often on the uh, Subaru motors, like changing the oil and then uh, oil pressure gauge to monitor pressure. You know, everyone's like, oh, you know, it says 1030 on the cap. No, 540. And at the top of Mount Washington, the oil pressure is getting a little low. 50 weight may not have been bad for that weekend, but. I think it also speaks to treating a car the same from when it's new until now. Like you probably never treated yeah. it nicely as far as driving it. You know, I've seen you drive it. No, so I'm sure. My, I'm sure 16 year old you wasn't any easier on it. No, absolutely not. It got flogged at autocrosses when I was in college. Um, you know, I was visiting or dropping something off to my sister. Our, her college was an hour and a half away and it's some windy tarmac roads. Um, and so I'm going an hour and a half, you know, back roads at night, you know, just getting into rally. So, of course, I, I built a light bar with, you know, the four hellas on the front of the thing. And, of course, you know, an hour and a half trip turns into a 45-minute trip on the back roads with the lights on, some, you know, some cracked brake rotors. You know, these things happen, Yeah, <laughs> you know, as one does. No money and still want a fun car. I think the statutes and limitations is over on that one too. <laughs> Probably. Plus, you didn't say where it was. You also so were smart. <laughs> yeah, you were smart and kept it stock too. Uh, and everyone that's always blowing up their Subaru motors does all sorts of fun stuff to it and lets all the ghosts of Mount Fuji out. So. Yeah, that's exactly it. You, these these things are blessed with the water from Mount Fuji, and you start screwing with them and. You can't split a Subaru block. There's like three people in the U.S. who can do it. And, you know, that's that's about it. And, you know, leave it alone. And then don't sit high on the, the revs. That seemed to keep mine alive. Um, but Mount Washington uh, got a lot of revs because there's no choice going up that hill. Yeah, my WRX never had the heads off either. Mine didn't either. Yeah. Actually, yeah, and yours had a lot of a lot of miles on it, Andrew, and it had uh, an ECU tune on it, so yes, yeah. actually surprising too. Uh, anyways, yeah, it, a few it, good ones it was like there, stage right? one from like I think Keith did that in like at like forty k probably, okay, something like that, and then 
I had it. I got it from him with like 160,000 miles on it or something, 170,000 miles on it. And I did stage two, bro. And uh, downpipe and all the good stuff. There was never any problems. Yeah, my uh, streetcar WRX is, uh, I think I'm at 283,000 miles and uh, stage two, bro. But that's done New England Forest Rally recce, the Vermont Winter Challenge multiple times. Um, lots of late night coming back from uh, the White Mountains hiking and, you know, trying to get home a little quicker, you know, things of the such. And it's still kicking right along. Yeah, despite what the internet will tell you, if you take care of Subarus, they will be yeah. fine. Yep, they're fine until they aren't. They're fine. I beat the hell out of mine. Yeah, I beat the hell out of mine, and it was fine. I mean, we get with Mitsubishi's all the time. <laughs> there's there's some garbage out there, but yeah, but yeah, Mitsubishi especially. Like we always tell the story of the Mirage that we beat the ever loving crap out of for 15 years, and you know, it never never let us down. Really, it was always working. So it's it's all it's all in how you maintain it and how you treat it, and you'll you'll have a good car for a long time. But your your particular Subaru, Dan, is is definitely reached almost legendary it's, status in new england <laughs> yeah we're we're really at the uh the, the 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 really shallow end of the bell curve on that thing i i was fully expecting that motor to go at mount washington like uh, you know everyone's like oh you know my crew guys like you know what do we bring for this that and the other thing and i'm like it's really going to be like the engine or we sit around and drink beers all weekend like there there's no in between um, and while our spare engine did go up Mount Washington, uh, it was in the back of uh, our my WRX while Jordan and I were making notes, and not in the race car. So we were fortunate in that regard. Cool. So speaking speaking of notes, let's go to, to Jordan for a second yeah. on this because Jordan is, uh, as Andrew said at the beginning, now an experienced co-driver. Uh, he's done a few New England Forest rallies with Liz driving and him co-driving, and a few. Uh, rally sprints, but on those events, if I'm not incorrect, they provide you with notes, correct? Yeah. So this is your first time actually writing notes because the rally class usually get like um... the rally class isn't the main class, so they don't provide you with notes. That's on your own to write. So what was it like to change up from like getting somebody else's notes to writing your own notes? Um. So I may be experienced at this point, but uh, I would definitely classify myself as bad. Um, (laughs) For Mount Washington, though, I didn't have to do time cards, which is my least favorite thing on the planet. So that was cool. Um, But as far as the notes, I was kind of freaking out because I had never written notes. And it was kind of like, don't screw up at all, please, kind of event. (laughs) So I was worried that I would make bad notes. So I talked to somebody who had run it before and got his notes, uh, printed them out, brought them to the mountain, and then maybe three turns in on our first run up to write notes, I realized that his stuff was way too advanced for us. So I threw it out and just wrote my own. Uh, But, man, I... Got a lot of respect for the like Canadian teams that always write their own notes because it's very difficult, and I'm not a big fan of doing it. Did you guys do anything of the like the tape on the steering wheel or anything like that? 
No. No, we're we're definitely not that sort of tryhard okay. uh, gang. <laughs> and to just add a little bit of context to the weekend and where we were at, um, so obviously late entry was going against us. Jordan, uh, who killed it on the notes once we were doing the real runs, um, but obviously new co-driver for me, so we hadn't figured out the cadences and you know the, that kind of vibing you do when you have a long-term co-driver. And then obviously writing notes from scratch. And then our class was also the rally classes ended up being, okay, there's two rally classes, two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive. Well, we're in a 120-horsepower Subaru. You're in the four-wheel drive class with, like, you know, an R5 and, you know, 300-horsepower STIs. You know? Oh, yeah. So that's what I wanted to ask. So for the four-wheel drive rally car class, so if you had a turbo car, would they did they allow people to remove the restrictors because it's not an ARA event? Um, no, the car has to meet the ARA spec, oh, so people okay. are still running restrictors. Okay, good. Um, regardless, they're still pushing way more yeah. power than us. So, yeah. you know, Jordan and I were more focused on all right, let's get up the hill, let's have a good weekend, rather than like, oh, we can try hard and shave thirty seconds off. Like, no, or put it in the it, woods. Yeah, right. but. It was more of like, you know, this needs to be fun. You know, there's so much pressure and, you know, Jordan can agree, you know, doing rally, there's a lot of pressure. And my whole thing was, I didn't want this to be a pressure filled weekend. I wanted it to be a, Hey, we're doing Mount Washington. We're invited. We're here. We're showing up. We're going up the hill. That's it. And, you know, I think both of us had a good time. Our times were respectable. We did all right, but it, you know, it was that kind of mentality. So, you know, the pressure of Jordan, you've got to kill the notes on, you know, the first try. Nah, that wasn't really what we were going for. So didn't mean to, you know, step in on step on Jordan talking about pace notes, but that it's the context of where we were at kind of mindset and what we were working on for the weekend. Yeah, it's kind of like a, you, you know, you can't win the event because you're outclassed, even the best driver in the world. Not that you're not a great driver. I'm just saying even like a professional, right? you know, Travis Pastrana could not win your class in your car based on all the <laughs> right. cars in the class. Travis would have been, Travis would have been like this thing, just flat the whole time. Like this yeah. thing sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. So what I'm saying so. is that you, you couldn't, you couldn't win the event. You could only lose. Right. So let's try not to lose right. by going off the cliff and, you know, all right. So we, all dying know. and never doing it again. So let's dial it back a little bit and have a good time. We, we had a lot, we had a lot of fun and it was a super enjoyable event versus, you know, getting all wound up trying to min max everything. So, so then for the notes, do you write the traditional notes that you would use for a rally? I, uh, did you I make your own up. I did a little of both. Um, I, Basically, Dan drove up the hill really slowly, and I used my little GPS uh, odometer and then started like writing off, you know, right two, right three, left three, whatever, um, and adding some weird little notes for myself based on like, all right, here's the bridge with the sketchy tires piled up in front of it. Um, did I use that kind of stuff for when I get lost in the notes, which happens kind of a lot? Um, especially on the top half of the mountain, I had some issues because I put, I wrote too many notes, um, when it should have just been like, all right, the road squiggles for a while, go flat, 
and then <laughs> 500 meters there's a sharp left too right and you know with the extra context of rally you know yeah you have elevation changes but you know you have a lot of flat sections where you can carry some speed and you know okay you got to get stick your corners a hill climb is different where you're fighting the grade the whole time so while the notes of you know on a rally where there's less grip more speed you know you're not fighting a grade okay we've got to do every little bit of the road on a hill climb you have an exponential amount of grip way less speed and uh so it becomes a more of you got to thread the line and carry that momentum so the notes became more important of okay the severity of the turns and the corners we got to stick those you know there's some sections where you're kind of you know threading the car through but you can see for you know a good 500 feet or something so in rally you know both of us being rally guys you're like oh we got a note 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 you know the root books of jemba were handed are all verbose through that and over the weekend it kind of became a less is more uh, i know jordan you went up with chris a few times and edited the notes so yeah that was uh, also difficult because we got to the top half of the mountain where i was having trouble with the notes during practice runs um but the entire mountain decided to be completely obscured by thick fog so i lost the ability to actually read the road and edit my notes correctly whereas on race day it was clear as clear as can be yeah oh we had a yeah. blue jay day up on the whites um but uh, it worked out really well, though, because like the two trouble spots Jordan had, he's, you know, the top of the hill. And then um, there was a transition point where we had practice day one and day two. Um, so obviously you edit your notes in the practices. Well, you can't really. We didn't practice that overlap. So there were like two spots where and what worked out perfect was um, I kind of have a photographic memory. So going up and down the mountain um, on, you know, Thursday after Reg and Tech worked out fine for me. And so the spots where, you know, he get a little light on the notes, I'm like, I got this. Like, you know, and thread the needle right through in the middle section. And then we get to the top where Jordan would get a little unsure. I knew it was a left turn. And after that left turn, there were no drop-offs. So all like the scary don't mess up stuff was over with so i'm like all right cool this is the part where we're just flat and waiting for the you know the checkered flag finish like so it worked out great where you know i kind of read into okay he's unsure about this section but i know i can be confident here and he's confident about the places where we can't screw up that's really where it matters yeah interesting because there are parts that you could kind of drive the road um because it's it is kind of like flat sections, but then there's sections just even going up at like a normal pace, like the normal 25 mile an hour limit. You're like, wait, this feels like the part I was just over. So, yeah. Yeah, there there are sections that kind of deja vu into themselves where um, you're kind of going up. I want to say it's the northern side or whatever. So there's a lot of lefts. Um, all your drop-offs are on the right, except for um, when you come out of Signal Core, which is this little twisty bit. 
um, into the cragway. The cragway is the dirt section. That's the only side with left exposures. Um, but there's only, I want to say, like six turns that I had notated in my head where these are the important ones where you need to bring the speed down and stick the corner. You know, obviously there's other sections where you got to thread the car through and your wheel pl placement is very important. But when you start breaking down corner by corner, section by section, you know, it kind of, it gets real technical. And, you know, I've got to attack this corner like this. And suddenly those drop-offs, those, you know, don't matter as much. You know, it's it becomes a kind of a, a pre-recorded, you know, like a, you know, an ice skating dance or something like that, where this corner has to be like this. It's kind of a weird way of looking at it, but that's what it really turned into for me driving. Talking about drop-offs on turns, how scary was this event on a scale of scary and rally events? Like, what was the level of scary for, for both of you? Like, was it exponentially scarier than running a normal one? How did you feel, Jordan, looking? <laughs> um, so leading up to it, I was like, oh, this is going to be scary. And I don't know what the hell I was thinking signing up for this. And um, once we started practicing and doing the actual timed runs, uh, I didn't even notice that it was scary until, you know, I'd been home for a day afterwards and I was looking at the in-car footage and actually being able to see the drop-offs on the side of the frame. Um, and that's when I was like, oh, shit, this was actually terrifying. What was I thinking? <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm racing, I'm literally just You're... looking at my book and then up ahead at the corners coming. I didn't look at anything that wasn't like the tarmac. Full, full faith in Dan's abilities. Sure, we'll go with that, too. I mean, I've got a good resume, so... Uh... You know, <laughs> he jumped in and was uh, awesome about it. But uh, but on like uh, going up the hill, Jordan, in like the WRX for scouting the roads and the van. And then with Chris, you obviously had more time to look around. So, yeah, I actually forgot about the van. The van was the scariest uh, run up the hill. Um, far. The van was actually really good for me. So um, a little bit of backstory. Um, the novice meeting, they're like, meet at the stage on, you know, Thursday or whatever um, for the novice meeting. And they're like, hey, we're stuffing you into the Mount Washington um, vans uh, that are for, you know, uh, people who want to go up Mount Washington who don't want to drive it or the support vans for the observatory. So they stuff us all in vans and uh, more experienced competitors are driving the van and, you know, kind of having a an orientation so we had a guy driving the van well first of all we all pile in and uh you know it's three rally teams you know driver co-driver driver co-driver driver co-driver and rally people are uh, a very interesting sort where we kind of have this like sardonic like dark comedy like we're always trying to make jokes to take the edge off and you know, not taking things seriously, but when it's important, you know, we ask the poignant questions. So, you know, Jesse Witzel is making jokes about how we couldn't have dogs at the event. And, you know, all these stories and jokes, you know, hey, that'd be a really bad place to off. And so we're all in this van um, and the guy uh, 
Timothy, I can't remember his last name, but he drives a Sentra. And it had a, has about the same power as uh, my car, but front-wheel drive, he's more gripped up. So for me, him talking about, I'm flat through this, I'm flat through that, I'm flat through this, I get punished by you know losing momentum here, hey, this is a bad area to, you know, the car gets a little light here, people have gone off here. Um, for me as a driver, um, it reinforced what I was feeling about the mountain during testing and all that of this car is so underpowered and so gripped up. It's hard to make mistakes, but obviously, you know, you should be prudent, but you know, you need to trust the grip and trust the car. Um, but also, you know, the momentum thing and okay, these are the kind of gotcha spots. So while Jordan wasn't having a good time in that van, you know, looking at the views and listening to us all crack jokes, um, it really kind of smoothed over what I was feeling about the event where the car is so underpowered, so gripped. If you keep tidy and are respectful, you'll have a good time kind of a thing. I think I just didn't like how lifted and wobbly the van was. (laughs) And the public traffic coming downhill didn't help either. Yeah, and like, nobody on that hill can drive a car. Yeah, and when we went up in the WRX, I was like, "This is awful because the public traffic." Like, you know, on testing, we had a blast going up and down because okay, you get to use the whole road. Going down, you know, I was kind of memorizing the corners and you know checking out. Okay, this is kind of this degree. This is off camber. And when you can use the whole road and have it to yourself versus you're, you know, you're fighting people on motorcycles or turning around and, you know, people have boiled their brakes off and are in the road. It's just, it's a mess. So the guy with the Sentra, uh, I heard over the weekend that he actually was a van driver up there for a while. Is that true? Uh, I know he is involved in uh, search and rescue in the White Mountains and has some has done some hiking. He may in a past life have done some driving up at Washington, but I don't have the official. Yeah. This guy has worked for, you know, the observatory in Mount Washington, but you know, he's been, he's. Yeah. So, somebody was saying that he's, somebody was saying that he was a very experienced driver because he drove the, you know, the vans up and down for a living for a while. So again, I don't know if that's true or not, but that would certainly be a, oh, very well. a neat advantage to uh, competing mean, he, in the I, event. I know I've, yeah, I know I've seen him at the last event and maybe even the one before it. So he's he's well traveled up and down the hill. So have, he's not slow. No, he's not slow at all. And having him, you know, kind of bestow that wisdom um, was reassuring for me because I was kind of, you know, Jordan kind of talked about how he felt about the event. Um, I was not looking. F- I don't particularly like get excited about events like. I like participating and competing, but I, it's, I, the example I use is, you know, you're running the Boston marathon. You're probably not having a good time. You know, you're, you're pushing it to the limit. And then when you cross that finish line, it's like that, ah, I did it. Or climbing Mount Everest, you know, you're cold, you're, you know, you're breathing out of oxygen tanks, but you're pushing for that peak. You know, it, for me, racing at the, the rallies and Mount Washington, you know, is kind of that mindset. But when we went into this weekend and, you know, hey, I want to have fun going up the hill, um, you know, I have generally don't like rally racing and I'm stressed out all weekend, but it's awesome to finish. 
Mount Washington was the complete opposite for me, where once we started going up the hill and after both practice days, I was like, all right, this is cool. This is fun. I'm into it. And, uh, you know, it's just something else where, all right, I've got to attack this corner. I've got to attack this corner. And it all just kind of came together throughout the weekend. So really cool experience. And I'm a guy who doesn't really like heights. Um, I can't go, you know, 10 feet up a ladder. So I was really wound up about the weekend. Like, oh, and I'm, you know, if I throw it off the side of the mountain, I've got Jordan with me. Liz is going to be really mad if I (laughs) do that. So, you know, Liz was like, hey, make sure your will is done. And like, you know, so, you know, we're we're at the parking lot at Mount Washington, you know, the night before going up the hill. And I'm like thinking about these conversations like, hey, you know, we've got a, you know, there's some consequences for this one. So but, you know, like I said, once we started going up and down the hill, it really it just all the pieces fell into place and it made for a great weekend and an awesome event. So Jordan, is it better or worse driving for somebody who's not your significant other? <laughs> Go driving, I should say. Um, I mean, it's a loaded question. Yeah. People <laughs> always joke about like, Oh, how do you guys stay together when you're in that stressed out situation? But like our personalities are just fine where it's not an issue at all. But um, it's also the only person I've co-drove for. Uh, so it, like figuring out Dan's uh, eccentric behavior when he's like in an event and driving was kind of fun <laughs> and confusing. Yeah. Uh I am. I will be the first to admit. I am very eccentric. I like things a certain way. Not like craft services, you know, la di da kind of a way. But like, uh, and Jordan. I'm paraphrasing for Jordan. Like, you know, before we're strapping in, he's like a Shaolin monk, and then we finish up for the day, and he's like posting dumb memes and like giggling on his phone and you know hanging out kind of a thing. Yeah, like so that ca- part. You count him down. Amusing. <laughs> Well, well, that's how I operate. Like, I am. Yeah. Like, he's such a chatty person constantly. And then we get in the car and he's like a stone statue. And I'm like asking him questions and only getting single syllable responses. And I'm like, okay, he's just really focused. All business. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 like a mullet. You know, it's business in the front and party in the back. It's. I mean, there's no better way to describe it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just, you know, you know, going back to rally, you know, you have park expose and, uh, there's a lot of waiting around in rally. And like, I'm very like, I got to start chugging Gatorades and okay, I'm going to go say hi to all my people. And then I'm like, I'm going to go walk around back for 20 minutes and, you know, enjoy being quiet before we strap into the car it's like it's it's this kind of dance this ritual this and you know i look um one of the things i'm really important to me is uh racing is i like having all my gear on and being strapped in way earlier you know people throw their gear on you know people who do a lot of events a year know this that and the other thing like no i like to be strapped in and in which works out great normally, uh, except for on the first test day, 
when we're driving up the mountain and you know they back us into two gravel pits and we're like oh we're in the first gravel pit this is awesome we're gonna go soon and then it's like 45 minutes where we're in an idling car on the side of mount washington in 95 degree weather and they're like in fire suits in fire yeah i have a three-layer fire suit i had the helmet the head sock the the race car by the way still has ac i've made it a point where i want to be comfy and the extra 20 pounds of that garbage is going to be way more beneficial in not overheating and weight reduction. But we're still waiting around and, uh, you know, like, wow, there's a lot of cars going ahead of us. And then I start getting a little little dizzy. And, you know, one of my friends was working. I roll the window down. Hey, Tyler, Gret, go open the back door and give me a bottle of water. And, you know, we're getting closer to the first run and then, um, you know, one of the tricks I do is you wet your wrists and you put it in front of, you know, flowing air, or in this case, the AC, because uh, your wrists are part of your circulatory system, uh, your neck. So like chill towels around your neck is a good one. Um, and it's like, okay, we got to keep the body temp down. And finally, we, we get pointed into the line. And it's like, all right, we're finally going up the hill. But Man, that waiting around and my I want to be strapped in and in my gear uh, <laughs> kind of hurt sometimes. But obviously, Mount Washington, first event, not knowing the rituals. You know, at a regular rally, you go, oh, we're at a time control. We've got 10 minutes to check in. It takes me four minutes to put my gear on. You know, these all things play a factor in your weekend besides, you know, the, hey, we're doing eight miles up a hill. Like, there's a lot of extra little bits people don't think about. I have an off-script question. So um, when you guys would get to the top after your runs uh, or wherever, so so whatever practice days, wherever that finished, what what was that like hanging out with everybody? Because everybody just did the same thing, uh, basically accomplished the same crazy thing. Like, what's that like hanging out with everyone? Do you want to answer first, Jordan? Uh, Sure. Um, (laughs) It was Johnny on the spot. You can... Like everyone else, I felt like had way more experience than us because it seemed like we were just like last minute. Oh, hey, you want to do this? Sure, why not? Um, so like they're all talking about like, oh, I was faster through here last year, or um, on my next run up, I'm really gonna pin it through this section, and I'm just like, yeah, it's nice and cool up here, and I'm not dying of heat, so that's all I care about right now. So for me at the top, um, on both practice, so you have the top, um, we'll say that the, the top was kind of broken into three, because it's in three days. So you had Friday where we practiced the top four miles of the mountain, and you're actually at the top of Mount Washington in the big parking lot. And then day two was the bottom half of the hill, and we're just kind of turn around stuff into everywhere. Day two to practice we just stayed in the car and it was just jordan and i and then after you know sunday race day we're at the top again with everyone else um and both times at the actual top of the mountain i spent you know we'd get to the top and the my car would not idle for anything um and oil pressure was getting kind of scary low and so i was juggling the throttle and, you know, the workers are pointing you in to like, hey, pull over here. And I'm like, 
I'm making sure this thing doesn't seize and cool down and all that. So we pull in and I'm worried about the car. We shut it off when, you know, I felt it was, you know, the fluids had exchanged enough and I get out. And for me, it was like, okay, hell yeah, we just did this. We went up the mountain. This is awesome. Happy to be here. Um, but for me, it was not so much, you know, all the other competitors like Jordan said, or talking about the road for me, it was more of seeing my people. Um, the rally community in New England is very close knit. So, you know, I'd go see, you know, uh, the Kennedys, you know, father and son team. How is your run up? How's the car doing? You know, fellow Subarus, you know, they talk about this, that, and the other thing, uh, last ditch racing, John Cassidy and his son, John Cassidy. Um, I spent a lot of time talking to them, um, cause they were kind of, you know, John was inspirational to me. Um, when I was building my car, you know, I sold him parts to help fund my build, talk to him about Subaru stuff. And then years later, you know, we're sitting on Mount Washington, you know, I'm in between the father and son duo and, you know, kind of taking it all in. We're sharing, you know, what we thought about the mountain, um, you know, just kind of for me being at the top of the hill was, all right, I'm going to talk to my people. I'm going to talk to, you know. Um, the Everett's are huge organizers for the New England Forest Rally and uh, Mount Washington. So, you know, I'm talking to Mrs. Everett. I'm like, you know, give her a big hug. Hey, we made it. Awesome. You know, just kind of things like that. I'm a people person. So when I got to the top, that's what it was about for me. And then, you know, we get the entry list and we're looking around the corner. You can see Cragway and see the finish line. All right so-and-so is on the cragway so-and-so is coming across the line you know we're i'm making sure everyone's you know kind of coming through so that that's where my head was because it wasn't about you know i'm gonna min max every corner and have my best race uh, that wasn't that wasn't what i was doing that weekend that's cool that's really cool to hear because it's like you know you kind of wonder because we're not participating i was just there to, to photograph it like does everybody get out? Is everybody high fiving each other? Like what? <laughs> it's like everybody trying to talk to Travis or something, or it's just like, or he maybe he enjoys it because everybody just treats him like a normal guy because it's you all just did the same thing, stuff like that. So when Travis comes up, there's a lot of fanfare, obviously, and you know Subaru is doing this huge effort marketing. So yeah, the helicopters flying over. He pulls up, he gets out, you know, does the waving thing, does the post interview. And we're super excited. You know, we're all competitors. We're on the same mountain. He broke the record. Obviously, you know, we're happy for him, but we're also doing our kind of our own microcosm things. You know, it's, it's weird. It, you know, I'm, he's, I'm sure happy for all of us little guys who go up. Like, you know, he's an absolute perfect ambassador to the sport, you know? So, you know, when, when uh, he rolled at the New England Forest Rally and I was doing sweep, you know, I'm coming up and handing waters to people. And uh, I don't like to be, you know, super friendly to action sports people because I like to treat people like, you know, they're just another person on this planet. And but he's the kind of guy who will be there all day and, you know, talk to you and all of that. And, you know, it's it's kind of weird. Um so yeah, it's the top of the hill has this um 
it's just this weird air about it and everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Um, but what was real interesting was, uh, so I've mentioned new England has this kind of close knit community. Um, you know, we're very fortunate. The new England community is kind of ride or die for everyone. There's been so many driving to get parts, you know, loaning gear, you know, overnight, get it done. Um, three of our new England, uh, people on the same corner, on the last run at Mount Washington, flatted tires. So you have cars rolling in, and it's like, oh. In the same spot. In the same spot. So, if Jordan, if you want to run with that a little bit. Yeah, so one of the things I told Dan when I was writing notes was I'm not putting don't cut in anything because don't cut is implied on every single corner. Right. Um, Part of having a fun weekend is not cutting yeah, so it was two Subarus that didn't have co-drivers. I was like the P1 class or something. Um, and then one of the two-wheel drive rally teams. Um, the transition onto the dirt section of the Cragway, there's a right three, and there's a big rock that they paved around. And if you cut it, that rock will destroy your wheel, which is what happened to these three teams on their second run. Um, but they all still completely pinned it and one of them um her name's amy dilks she's running like sti with you know all sorts of go fast stuff she gets to the top and we're like oh man you destroyed your wheel and it's all flat how are we gonna get you down and she's like oh i did it 11 seconds faster with the flat tire than i did on my first run (laughs) (laughs) which is amazing and some some background on amy uh the her last run up the hill um, in 2017, uh, she lost the motor in the STI, and the rally community kind of came together and found a motor, remotored it in the Mount Washington parking lot. Uh, so this year, she ran into some issues where her fuel lines were outside the cage. So tech is like, you know, ref- move your fuel lines. So Amy, in all that heat, with a broken collarbone, um, is Ref, you know, reflaring her lines, and uh, my lead crew guy Chris was keeping an eye on her and helping out. Um, you know, Chris is a saint. I I owe him so much of my racing career, um, and he's kind of taken on a lot of my like at rally events. When I'm driving, I lord around the park, the service park, until like things are kind of sorted. We sort sorted parts. You know, we've got a like a work order queue. Oh, you need welding, you need welding, like stack up. And over the years, like when I've crewed, I don't go to bed until everything is done. And my kind of team and crew has really taken that on. Um, so Chris was really making sure Amy was, you know, fed, hydrated, and, you know, staying in the right direction on moving these fuel lines. So she missed the upper mountain practice where coincidentally she blew the tire and did the top half of the mountain. So no practice the top half. And then first run good, second run flat, but still faster. Um, And Amy is a driving instructor in the New England region for track days. And uh, I I believe she's done, she's now into motorcycles, which uh, she has my old motorcycle and the broken collarbone may be a result of that and my fault, but we're going to gloss over that and keep going. <laughs> she totally crushed the mountain, 
what an awesome person. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of jokes this weekend and, you know, she hung out with us and great competitor, like such good energy. Yeah. And, and she's a co-driver too in uh, rally as well. Correct. Yes, right? So our, our New England region, one of our most favorite people, Kathy Moody, uh, runs a, is it a 240 or a 280? I'm not a Nissan guy. 280. It's a 280Z classic. And uh, I helped uh, tech it at the New England Forest Rally. Gorgeous car. And uh, Amy uh, was co-driving for Kathy and was really, um, you know, they did some other events and have gotten fast. But between Amy's bringing that real code, like that serious business co-driver and Kathy wanted to go fast, the picture was coming out of New England Forest Rally of the two of them, like jumping bridges and stuff in a 280Z. Oh, awesome. Great story. Great pictures. What what a team. Yeah, that's a super cool car. Pretty well known in the Northeast Rally community when Healy, Healy drove it till till now. So definitely. A right. And car. we're doing tech. And so with a race car in Rally, you have what's called a logbook. So what is it? 30 pages and there's four entries per page. Um, so I have to go and find the second logbook because this car has done so many events yeah. and we get a little, you know, some questions at tech and I go, I've got two full logbooks. It was never a yeah. problem before. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, Kathy isn't really not interested in wadding this car up, but wants to go a little brisk this weekend. Like let's let, what can we do tech wise to, you know, let's understand this context. And, you know, when you show up as a new driver in a fresh build, you know, I was a, you know, a 20, young 20 something kid when I showed up with my first build for tech versus, you know, this historic car and someone who's been in the community is it's the context matters. Yeah. I don't think we talk about that enough. Uh, sometimes on our, on this show is, is just like how close all the rally stuff is, uh, as far as community wise, like it, oh, absolutely. for whatever reason, yeah. New England is just a really like a hotbed of, of rally. Like, I don't know. Right. The only rivals we really have are uh, the like, DC region of the SCCA. Well, I'm uh, thinking just in in like history of rally, maybe maybe Michigan. Um, yeah, that, uh, that area. We're removed from Michigan, so I don't see that as much. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, I'm friends with you, know, like the Nonax and Josh Hickey. They're you know some big names out of the DC region. So, and DC and New England kind of cross pollinate because our events are closer. So you can, you know, like Kimmet came up um, and, you know, was setting some real fast stuff in Subarus, you know, no, uh, Chris and Sarah, Sarah has co-driven for Kimmet. That DC region has a lot of that, you know, that same, you know, big names who are going fast. They don't have like a rally sprint that feeds as well, but their rally crosses are uh, more brisk than ours. So when you join the new, the DC group and the New England group, their social media, you kind of see that overlap. And obviously we don't see the Michigan stuff because we're, you know, we're, we're New England guys. We're not, you know, we're not best friends with them. So it's, it's a little bit of everything. 
it, it's funny because Andrew and I were pretty heavily involved in rally cross back in the day when that's, 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 you know, Jordan was doing it in his STI and it sounds like you were doing it too, but I don't think we knew you as well then. But the, the, the thing is, is that, you know, George, uh, Andrew and I never progressed past rally cross as competitors. We never got, you know, into stage rally or sprints or any of that stuff. But all the people that we met back in those days through those events still know us to this day and are still friendly with us. And it's never been like, oh, well, you know, you're still, you're still just an amateur down right. at rally cross level. Everybody's been super cool. And, you know, I, hell, I moved all the way right. across the country and everybody still says hi. So it's, it's definitely right. a very tight knit community and a very cool thing to be involved with. Right. And absolutely. And, uh, you know, I touched on earlier how I ran sweep at Nomad Forest Rally. Um, a lot of those guys on the sweep team were in 04, 05, 06 autocross guys here in Maine. So I've known them for years, but they've been, you know, they kind of moved on from autocross and, you know, had families, worked on jobs and houses and this, that, and the other thing. But they were their own little, you know, microcosm doing New England Forest Rally Sweep every year. And with me going, hey, competing isn't really lining up for me this year. Do you have room for sweep? You know, I joined them and it's that same kind of thing where I've been a competitor for a decade and there's no hero worship for me. I'm the low guy on the totem pole on their team, like, but we've known each other for years. So we all respect each other. It's that this New England group has this real tight. It just works. There's no me versus you. There's no, well, I've done this and you haven't it's kind of untouched by, you know, all these things we deal with in regular life. It's just, it's this little, you know, it's like the abandoned tribe on an Island where they're doing their own thing. You know, it's kind of the new community where it just kind of works and we're left alone. And, you know, we do these events and rally stuff in general has the least ego out of any, motorsports yeah. or even car related event you know it's 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 an unfortunate side oh, effect sure. of the car yeah. community that ego is a big thing <laughs> and it's obviously yeah, and obviously none of us have that we don't care it's just try to have a good time yeah right. rally is the best of that your ego gets checked real quick when you eat your car into a tree so i don't feel like right. there's a lot of that because of the risk involved Right. And like you talk to Travis at an event or even after he rolls and I mean, he's an outlier, but is still super friendly. And, uh, you know, I've had experiences where as a competitor, um, you know, Ken block races and he's at the pointy end of the stick, but a lot of people don't know his wife, Lucy block races and, um, real interesting where, um, I've been, you know, at the time controls kind of near the Fiesta. And so Lucy Block and I are just having conversations about Conquer Pond. And, you know, obviously I, I could be like, oh, you're Ken Block's wife. Your insurance must be real high. Her, her, her. You know, that kind of corny stuff. But, you know, you know, like, hey, I'm Dan. Oh, hey, I'm Lucy. So what did you think about Conquer Pond the first pass? Like, oh, you know, I'm flat through all of this and I'm airing this Subaru out. Your Fiesta's turbo. Are you airing it out? How's it working? She's like, no, I want to stay stuck to the road and just use, you know, just talking about like fellow competitors and, you know, just the technical 
we're rallying what you know your front wheel drive turbo fiesta versus my fat na subaru like those moments are so cool where it's like yeah you're a famous action star's wife and i'm some guy who grew up across from sheep in maine (laughs) but we're fellow competitors and we're talking about the road and we're talking about the event and it's that untarnished that unpoisoned conversation that is really cool and i'm so happy to see and hopefully continue to foster in this community yeah i think you made the point earlier that you know travis is like the perfect ambassador for the sport like he's just such a good guy and and he's so well known that you know, again, I'm out here now in Phoenix and I just got back and talked to people at work like, oh, I went to the New England Forest Rally and I went to the, you know, climb of the clouds. And the first question out of everybody's mouth, even if they're not a car person, is, oh, did you get to meet Travis Pastrana? Like, that's right. how well known he is for doing this stuff. Right. And these people that have no idea that and, there even is a New England Forest Rally or a climb of the clouds in Mount Washington, they know because Travis Pastrana is there. Right. So And, um, you know, and I, I would get those questions years ago about Ken Block, where Ken Block was, in, you know, more in the public eye. You know, hey, did you see Ken this weekend? Like, hey, yeah, I just spent two days, you know, fighting, pushing this car through the woods. And, you know, people don't kind of get that. But um, it, it brings people in um, to the point where I wouldn't be involved in rally if it weren't for Ken Block. Um, I was in college and I saw the... Uh, the Gymkhana videos, and I didn't know the New England Forest Rally even existed. But hey, Ken Block's coming to town as racing. Let's go spectate. You know, so for me, seeing this sport over almost 15 years, I'm like, what can we do to get more people coming in? What can we do to get more eyes on it? And, you know, everyone subscribed to the Team O'Neill YouTube channel knows what Team O'Neill and Rally is about. How do you get those extra eyes? And, uh, an interesting sidebar is I have a, a coworker who's really big in the music industry. Um, he's a concert photographer, has his own band, has a podcast. You know, he's interested when I come back from events, but it's not really, you know, it's not his wheelhouse. And uh, so an interesting development in the last year, um, is it the lead singer or I can't remember, uh, Def Leppard guy, Vivian Campbell has been um, training at Timo, the Timo Neal Rally School, and uh, running a car. So he ran the last rally sprint, ran the New England Forest Rally. So my coworker, being a big music guy, is like, hey, you're working this event. Did you see Viv? And I'm like, yeah, you know, we talked about, oh, I'm a Subaru guy. You're driving the Subaru. You know, we talked Subaru for the weekend because, like I say, I don't like to do that kind of hero worship or blow smoke up people more of hey you're a competitor i'm a competitor let's talk competition so but it's that kind of bridging those boundaries of this musician guy is now super interested in rally and is now you know he watched travis's run up the hill and Dirtfish's coverage of the new england forest rally and it's like getting those eyes on that sport is you know it's super important for keeping things going getting that attention and it's just been interesting to see over the past few years the momentum definitely seems to be swinging upwards, especially in New England. So that's good. Yeah. And, you know, with the latest goings on and a year off, the New England Forest Rally had the tightest entries in a long time. So that was cool to see. Yeah, there were so many that uh, 
we had to work some background magic to make sure we got in on the wait list. Oh, really? For New England? Yep. Uh, so I'm going to go freshen up. Uh, if you want to uh, extrapolate a little bit on that more, Jordan, uh, now's your time to shine. Uh, I would prefer to keep that on the down low. Oh, oh we you, had to fight some he's, people. He's already oh, said too much. All right, I won't talk about... I won't talk about us breaking kneecaps uh, for yeah. fellow competitors. If you want to hang out a second, we only have a couple more questions, and we'll probably wrap it up, actually. So um, I think. Oh, you I thought we were doing like four, five, six hours. Come on, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, this is like Let's a go. morning show. Let's yeah. go. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> All right. Motorsport bucket list events uh, that you could compete in or just experience. Anything? So. For me, uh, growing up, I actually played a lot on the Super Nintendo of uh, the super off-road Baja racing. Ivan um, Iron Man Stewart. If I were a West... <laughs> yeah, Ivan Iron Man Stewart. If I were a Baja, or if I were born on the West Coast, I would be doing Baja racing. Um, you know, I've got a friend uh, who both him and I kind of are about kind of crazy stuff. Hey, let's go do this. And I've been saying for a few years, hey, let's find a Jeep Speed rental. Uh, the Jeep Speed 1600 class is like four liter Cherokees with just worn over suspension. So it's kind of that entry level desert racing stuff. Um, so I've wanted to do some West Coast desert racing um, and then kind of bucket list goals. Um, it would be a service crew for the Baja 1000. Um, some real good coverage, if you want to go watch it, was uh, Death to Glory did a support video of the Baja 1000 of the Toyota team uh, running a Land Cruiser 200 series. And, you know, the Baja 1000, you have service trucks that are continuously moving and running radio. So you're not, you know... Us rally guys are pretty spoiled and lazy where, oh, your crew just shows up and sets up for the day and the car comes in for 30 minutes. Baja is not like that. The truck is always moving. And if your stuff breaks, you got to figure it out. Yeah, you come in for your service and your driver and co-driver changes. Um, there's also sections of road where you transition out of the desert onto tarmac and you have to be escorted by service trucks. So in that Death to Glory video, it's this rolling formation where you have these two trucks with blinking lights and the race truck comes screaming in off the dirt on the tarmac in between the two of you. And it's just this rolling. It's it's amazing to watch. So that's, you know, I'll never run the Baja 1000 myself, but to run a service truck and be a part of that convoy, that would be cool. Plus beer, tacos, all weekend, what's not to love? That's that's a neat goal that I don't think a lot of people even think about. Everybody you know, dreams of competing, and even even we here, because we live close enough for the desert that you know we, we joke around and sometimes talk more seriously about doing like a class 11 beetle and doing some of the you know less right. stressful events than obviously at the Baja 1000, but some of the you know local right. rally events, and because a class 11 beetle is you know, it's fairly inexpensive and slow and you won't die probably. Right. So <laughs> it gets talked about. Let me how, tell how you, right. It's the cheap rally car is the most expensive rally car. Oh, no <laughs> question. I'm not, right. I'm not, I'm not saying it's cheap and affordable. I'm just saying it's not a quarter million dollar, you know, 
All right. Vermont but sports for me, um, I'm also yeah, and like you know, I've done a lot of cool stuff. Um, I've been blessed to do a lot of rally and now I'm at Washington. Um, but I'm also kind of transitioning in this region to more of an organizer role where, um, I do exclusively sweep for our sprints and, you know, I'm kind of left to say, okay, you're backing me up for this event or, you know, for the new and forest rally being a part of the sweep team, you know, I feel I'm kind of serving more as an organizer these days, um, you know, trying to get some money in my pocket and some, you know, real life stuff sorted out. But, you know, crewing for a lemons team and, you know, doing radio and service and that logistic stuff or, you know, going out west and crewing for a desert team or, you know, a support role like these are things where you can still go to events um and participate and you're not building a car you're not spending that money and uh you know for a lot of people who may listen and haven't done a lot with motorsports the best thing you can do is volunteer for an event or volunteer with a local team you 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 know some teams will feed you you know i like to be I, i like to think i'm really good to my guys and food and beer flows very nicely um but you know get involved in events if you have no like my first event i worked was the team o'neill rally and i literally jumped in a car i was picked up at my college i stole some water bottles and snacks from the cafeteria and put them in my backpack and i you know slept on a on a the floor of a hotel but i was there at events meeting people and doing things like you can be broke as a joke but you can still be a part of these things and it's about getting into it and throwing yourself in you know yeah jordan and i have done a lot we've spent a lot of money we've built cars you don't have to do that there's awesome volunteers there's awesome people just go put yourself out there do the thing meet the people enjoy the events yep i think it's kind of where andrew and i have always been you know not wanting to spend the money but still wanting to be involved so I, i get i get that for sure jordan what's uh what's your bucket list stuff so, um, Liz and I have talked in the past about really wanting to do Targa Newfoundland, uh, her Excellent. drive and me co-drive because, you know, it's not super far and it's kind of famous. Um, and it seems like it would be really cool and jive with our big, uh, road trip lifestyle. Um, but for myself, I really want to. Um, well, you guys know that I'm building a Volvo to rally. Um, and eventually I would really like to stuff it in a container and ship it to the Azores to do the Azores rally because, um, you know, it's beautiful there. And that's where my entire family is from. Um, and the rally stages are bananas. And it's just something that I would really like to do at least once. That's cool. I would. Uh, don't they do a yeah. don't they do a vintage one? Um, I don't know if they do. I a think they do. A they probably do. It's like it's super popular out there and in like Portugal in general. Yeah, but I think they have a vintage version of it that they do. It might be like the weekend before or something, or or very close to it. Because the actual event be, is like all our uh, fours or our fives and our twos, and yeah. Um, but even like if you could rent like an R two or something to do it, that'd be pretty cool. And even I, would be cool. I even recommend 
a bunch of people that if you live on the East Coast here with us, like I would love to go with people again because I only went with Stephanie and another friend. I'd love to go with some more Americans because from the East Coast, it's only a six hour flight and it's it's ERC. It's not WRC, but the vibe is just so much different. Yeah, like so much different. You like there's, you know, there's probably what, 3000 people maybe at the Mount Washington Maybe there's 3,000 people at New England Forest Rally to spectate, if that. Right. There's like 10,000 people on an island just to watch the rally. Yeah. So, And they're all in one place. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, it's, it's, and I know both of you guys have been to, you know, the Azores, and I'd love an excuse to go. So if Jordan, you want to race a car there, that would be a pretty damn good reason for me to go. I could help crew for you over there. <laughs> but I also like your idea, Andrew. Maybe Perfect. we should put something together for a, uh, even, even just spectating, I mean, just just standing there with a bunch of people, everybody's into the same thing, drinking cheap Portuguese beer, like, it's cool. Oh, it's the worst beer, and it's so good. Oh. Yeah. Um, and Tar- Target Newfoundland's is a legit event, too. That's one that I've followed for years, you know, because you talk about your family coming from the Azores. A lot of my family from my dad's side is from Newfoundland. So it would be or oh, yeah. up in that area, I should say, yeah. So it would be definitely neat. Yeah, to, it seems uh, awesome to go to that event. It seems expensive, though. I thought when I last looked it up for entry, entry fee is, is yeah, entry fee is like twenty thousand dollars. It's kind of uh, bonkers. Yeah. yeah, that was the one thing I remember. They seeing do like, a oh. yeah, they do a smaller version um, called Targa Bambina, which is like half as many miles, and I think it's only seven thousand dollars, maybe, okay. which is still a large amount for us grassroots people. Yeah. But yep. That's a, that's, that's a big chunk of change. Right. And it's like, you know, for the new and for, Oh, we get some sponsorships going. We'll make it happen. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and speaking of sponsorships, this episode <laughs> of auto off topic is sponsored by raid shadow legends, raid shadow legends, the hottest hit mobile game. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. But uh, we'll let it slide. We'll let it slide. <laughs> did you want me to read the full? Did you want the full script of? Uh, no, probably not. No, I don't think so. I think you can tell me. Tell, tell me afterwards. I, I saw some conversation about that earlier in the group chat, but I was blissfully unaware of what it was. <laughs> I mean, who do you have to sponsor the rally car? Because I, I believe you have a couple good ones. Okay, so this is the story of how I trolled. The longest running hill climb and auto event uh, in the history of the United States. So, motorsports.reg has this section where you fill out your profile and you put a picture of your car and you type in your sponsors. So, I've filled out my sponsors. You know, I've been really blessed with a lot of people um, over the years who, you know, I've got a local friend who's a contractor who, uh, for his business gives me a check for my belts and you know hey this is my marketing budget for the year and i have a sticker on the hood of the car so a lot of great sponsors sponsors are important you've got to network you got to do your stuff um so jordan and i are on the line for the first pass up mount washington and uh the announcer i'm realizing he's starting to read (laughs) the sponsor section so he's like on the teleprompter he'll read anything (laughs) <laughs> yeah, pretty much that. So it's like, you know, Dan Fouquet and Jordan Mellum, sponsors, Slow is Fast Motorsports. That's my team. 
you know, ITS Inc., you know, Canadian Sun Builders, you know, Vacation Land Distributors, and, and I'm giggling like a schoolgirl. Jordan is noticing me lose, lose it on the headset and in the car, because I realized this guy is reading verbatim the motorsports.reg sponsor section. And I had put this in probably uh, five or six years ago as a joke to kind of fake out my teammate, not teammate at the time, fellow competitor. So it's, the sponsor's all excited, or the announcer's all excited. And yes, TJ's Lingerie Emporium. <laughs> Everyone's like looking at each other like, what? So I had put, you know, my fellow competitor, TJ Pullen, I had put it in Motorsports Reg in like 2015, 2016 as a joke to try and psych him out and just left it there. So this guy is reading all day, multiple times, over and over again, TJ's Lingerie Emporium. The first time TJ Pullen actually heard it, he was stepping out of a porta potty and was like, hey, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> So just surreal. I've I've got a video of it. I posted on Facebook. Just you know, we're on the starting line. You know, me and my little Subaru I've had since uh, you know I was a kid, half my life, and I'm at this historic hill climb. So thankful to be invited, and my joke sponsor is read aloud. Like you can't make it up. Oh, for anybody who knows awesome. Dan outside of this podcast, he's. Uh... He's known for for trolling people like this, so I'm not surprised, Dan. That's quite good. That's quite good. It's it's it, it's not surprising. It's just disappointing. <laughs> but uh, Jordan and I, I, I think it's disappointing. I think it's on brand. It's on. Yeah, it's definitely on brand. Uh, we're gonna do some shirts, and TJ is gonna get a free one. We gotta <laughs> we gotta come up with a branding package and make this fake business kind of look legit. And I wanted you know you know some baby pink shirts. You know, something a little along those lines where, you know, the New England people at races will wear, you know, every New England team has a race shirt and you go to events and everyone's wearing each other's shirts. Well, this is going to just be another shirt in all, you know, I don't think New England teams buy real clothes. I think they only wear <laughs> other teams clothes like that's that's how tight this this community is. And we've got another joke to add to the pile. Cool. Um, I think that's it, huh? Yeah, despite despite Dan's disappointment, we're not doing four hours. I'm uh, I'm I'm satisfied that that's an episode. Oh, I know. Well, you guys want to pack it in? I suppose we can. Um, but we got to add a little addendum. You can, uh, you know, just keep having your own show. No, 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 Brad. We got to do like a an extended episode where we talk about Mustangs because I know you've got a Mustang project. Talk about it. Yeah, you can talk right now if you want. Like that. Yeah. We'll get, get a nice nice five liter and a T five for me. Ship it out this way. Well, so so here's the thing. You know, I know you've got a project and you kinda want to more modernize it. So what you do is you find the ratty fox body. You know, the oh, yeah. two with the T five. Oh, you gotta just get one of those. Oh, that's it. And yeah, you can transfer over the you know, the Ford EFI. But with how cheap nope. poly stuff is, yep. oh, you're no, 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 no. Yep. You're gonna have to go back a couple couple episodes because the the plan is oh. a, uh, a wrecked fox body five liter with a holly sniper is the uh, yep okay is the plan. So, oh, that 
that'll be so nice. And then guess what? If you, I know you don't want to spice it up. You probably want to keep it, not, you know, stock and reliable. But some Explorer, you know, GT40P heads, maybe a mild cam, you know, the Holly will tune for that. Oh, listen, all these ideas are great and wonderful. I need to find the motor first. <laughs> and then anybody who wants to come help install all these hot rod parts is more than welcome to. But in the meantime, it's going to get uh, put together and run because that's what's going to make the most people happy at first. Let's do, come on, pulleys and flows, pulleys and flows. This is an important project. Yes. Uh, this this is an important that. project to get together hey. for, for Naomi to have her own car to cruise around in. So. Oh, own there cars, is that. So. The, yeah, the... Uh... The significant other acceptance factor is also a, a well, thing. Well, it's her and, car. Uh, yeah. And so. I, I grew up with... Uh, I grew up helping Dad in the garage build Mustangs and my mother complaining about how much damn time we spend out there. So <laughs> I'm well, not the best influence. That's not an issue at all, especially because it's her car and she doesn't care anyway. She wants me to be working on cars and having fun. But I definitely, you know, I'm trying to keep it as... As simple as possible. You don't want I think to, a nice, you don't want slightly to warmed creep. up with 302 is easy enough. Exactly. I'm not looking for a, yeah. a full restoration or like a total, like, you know, what's his name? One of them TV show builds. I'm just looking for a nice, reliable, right. fuel-injected, air-conditioned, five-speed car. And I'll be a happy man. Oh, so. that and that's going to be it. And, yeah. And, you know, as much as I'll, you know, joke about, you know, you should do these heads in the KM. Scope creep is a real thing. I've gotten... uh gotten into scope creep on some of my stuff my land cruiser is the epitome of scope creep so yeah. you know being able to reel it in and get stuff done is uh important as well well you're, you're better than everybody's favorite ls proponent andy who every time i talked to him was like did you ever swap the mustang yet so well let's not uh oh <laughs> uh, let's not get too far that's, too many projects, yeah, that's, too many projects. That's, yeah yeah, I'm the same way, and I've you know I've been trying to get out hiking more and kind of because I spent my entire twenties in the garage. You know, I put off a lot of things in life, and uh, you know now I'm kind of on the backswing of things where okay, I got to level things off, like to the point where um, you know in the hiking uh, this weekend didn't really pan out weather wise. You know, tropical storm. Blah, 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 blah. But uh, next weekend, I'm hoping to hike Mount Washington um, because I want to, um, relatively close to running the event, hike Mount Washington. Um, you know, I'm if, working if you, on the peaks. There's. If you go back an episode, no, go uh, I'm not. I'm not a hiker. Uh, but Andy and I, right. and two of Andy's friends, we hiked up about 800 feet of Mount Washington. Um, or 700 feet of Mount Washington, <laughs> something like that, to, to spectate the event last weekend, right. or two weekends ago. And let me tell you, I, I don't I don't know how you would do it any more than I did it, but that's a, a commendable goal. So, so uh, in our extended uh, kind of universe, this is our like little social group. You know, the Auto Off Topic guys, Jordan and Liz, Andy. You know, we got a little social group going that's pretty good. And uh, I, I've been working on the 48 uh, peaks above 4,000 feet in New Hampshire. So there's 48 mountains you got to hike and do them all. And I think I'm up to 31. Um, and Jordan and Liz have done some uh, a few with me, um, you know, to varying degrees of enjoyment. Um, but I was hoping to finish this year, but, you know, a lot of kind of life stuff going on. But. I'm racing Mount Washington, and I'm hoping to hike Mount Washington relatively soon. 
Yeah, that's um, cool. And I'll finish out my list when you know I finish it out. But getting those two real close together, going up the hill in the car and then hiking it is going to be super cool. I'm I'm pumped, and I'm watching the weather for next weekend for that. So it's to not wrap fun, things up, but man, where do uh, where do we guys go? Where where do people go to find your guys? pictures and race car stuff and events and is there a uh, instagram page we can follow um i am on instagram uh and i don't post too much racing stuff but i respond to messages and we'll post here and there about the car um i'm slow is fast on instagram it's slow underscore is underscore fast and Jordan, where can they follow your uh, rally escapades? Uh, also, usually posting racing stuff on Instagram. Um, and I'm at Ditch Hookers. Ditch Hookers. Ditch Hookers. Andrew? Yes. Works out quite well because he toes out Monteros quite a bit. So it's like, you know, you it's ditch hook in rally, but you also uh, tow people out. So. It's been a, a minute since I towed one out. Yeah, I've been quite well. We're due. Well, hey guys, no, I've got a road. spiffy Nissan. I've got a spiffy Nissan Xterra to break in half off roading. So let's uh, <laughs> let's party because uh, you know my Land Cruiser is the cream puff, but this uh, this Xterra I just picked up. Yeah, Oof. I'm gonna go off roading again. So. We need to get Andrew's Montero off road, off road, not in his dirt driveway in New Hampshire. I went last year once. Yeah, he. I can't. We I, did I, I can't talk because I don't even have a truck. No, he came. So. He came out twice. He did uh, our North Main Woods into New Hampshire uh, bushwhack, uh, and the Montero had very little issues and was at the pointy end of the pack. And then uh, we did the Trans New Hampshire Trail, like part of the southern half, and you had relatively relatively no issues. Nope. The truck is truck is good. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, you can follow Out Off Topic, Out Off Topic uh, podcast on Facebook, Out Off Topic on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram, Race and Anger. Brad, where can they find you? Uh, as always, TSISS350 on Instagram. Cool. So, as always, keep cars analog and aim for the roses. Yeah.